Welcome to the Coworking Out Loud podcast, an exploration into storytelling, community, and the art of being human. Welcome to episode 16 of the Coworking Out Loud podcast. I'm your host, Kat Johnson. This week I spoke with my friend Sam Rosen from Desk Pass. Sam is a longtime contributor to the coworking community. He's worked in and around the shared space ecosystem for years and has the perspective of a member, a space operator, and an industry service provider. Sam is also a super genuine person who always makes me smile with his humor and no bullshit approach to life and work. I chatted with Sam about being a coworking grandpa, the importance of being human focused in our work, and what he's learned through talking with hundreds of coworking space operators. Hey, Sam, welcome to the Coworking Out Loud podcast. How's it going? It is wonderful. Thank you for having me, Kat. Yeah, you're welcome, my friend. Um, last time we were hanging out, you were days away from being a dad for the second time. Yes, it happens. Yeah, it <laughs> happened. How, how's family success. life going? It's wonderful. It's Life is very different than it was, uh, you know, a few years ago, but I, I wouldn't trade it for the world. So I have a two and a half year old now and now a four month old. So I feel like a professional dad. You look like a professional dad from your Instagram post. Thank you. <laughs> it is it is the highest compliment. Like you look totally dialed in and in it to win it. I love it Thank so much. You. I like being a dad. Yep, all your posts. You guys are adorable. And you're a great photographer, actually. I've been loving your your photo project. Are you still doing that? 365 photos no last year i took a picture every tried to take a picture every day in the year and i i was game pretty close and it was a really interesting experiment <laughs> but since then i have posted a lot less on the internet it kind of it, it was enough and it was kind of it was interesting because it, it made me think about my relationship with this stuff and trying to like build a habit to do something every day sometimes sucks a little bit of the joy out of it. So as soon as I was done with my challenge, I, I've taken a bit of an Instagram sabbatical. <laughs> that was it. It seems like a, a lightweight enough thing to post a photo. But yeah, when you're busy and doing all the things, I guess it becomes just like one more pressure. Yeah, it's another thing you have to do. And then you run out of the really obvious thing to take photos of. And then all of a sudden you're you're, you're, it's just 1145 and you're really looking for a good shot. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Um, I know you come from an artistic family. I know your mom's an artist and Susan, our friend Susan Dorsch mentioned that I should ask you about design and that there was an article with you and your wife in a magazine about your design. So will you tell me a little bit more about that? Yeah. So I'm, you know, in Chicago, uh, not at the moment, thankfully, because it's so cold, but I'm born and bred Chicago and that's like very important to me. And my mom is a painter. She's a phenomenal painter. She's kind of best known these days for her work on um, Grace and Frankie. She's, if anyone watches that show, all of the art uh, in the show is my mom's uh, paintings. Um, she's this fantastic fine artist and she's been doing that for as long as I can remember. And my dad, uh, when I was growing up, directed television commercials. So he was sort of a wheeling and dealing, 
you know, television production guy. Um, and I grew up in a really creative house with, uh, like mid-century furniture and books on Japanese modernism, all things that like, I didn't know were cool until my friends recently started buying the same furniture and books. And then I realized I kind of came from a cool, a cool place. So, and then my wife, um, is an, is an artist. So she makes uh, art installations out of, uh, typically out of reclaimed materials. So she'll do these site specific, like window displays or permanent installations that go in buildings. But oftentimes the art is made out of, um, something that, was excess or was being thrown away or a byproduct of whatever that company or building makes. So she's phenomenally uh, talented. And so I've, I've, I've surrounded myself with a lot of really fortunately like creative people. And I think that's a byproduct of being raised in a creative home. My parents, I love telling the story. My parents always said, you know, like a good Jewish boy, you can be anything you want when you grow up. We just uh, really prefer that you're not a doctor or a lawyer because there's so many doctors and lawyers. Yeah. <laughs> Here I am. You took a different road. <laughs> Here you are completely. You know, I, yeah, so you could have been anything and you found yourself in co working. I'd love to hear a little bit about that. And then you have stayed, you've been in co working from a lot of different aspects. Will you kind of talk me through the initial co-working spark for you back, you know, before you started your space and then how that's kind of grown into now desk pass? Yeah, of course. So I've started a digital branding agency. Uh, we didn't call ourselves then that then about 14 years ago, which is called One Design Company. Uh, and this kind of grew out of me being a child of the internet and being able to kind of early on be able to design and build websites and stuff like that. Uh, and my little, you know, contracting gig to gig projects, uh, kind of manifested itself into a, a company, which is now 30 plus people and does amazing, brilliant work. And I'm a very passionate, you know, partner and, uh, kind of not active on the day to day of that business, but it, it was the, thread that got me into co-working. So I was, uh, had a girlfriend in Brooklyn about eight, nine years ago. And I was drive. I was flying to New York every two, three weeks. And I'd go work from her, uh, apartment and she was a beautiful, wonderful, still is human. Uh, but she was very messy and, uh, had a garden apartment in kind of, uh, in, in Williamsburg. And I, as my business grew and I could do my, uh, digital work anywhere. I would do it from her garden apartment. And as our business grew, <laughs> the connectivity in her apartment got worse and worse until I was dropping calls and meetings with our, you know, our growing list of clients. And at a certain point, one of the guys I work with was like, dude, uh, this is not going to cut it anymore. <laughs> so <laughs> I did what I knew to do, which was I went to the cafe around the corner which was called the rabbit hole. And I would sit there all day and I'd try to work. Um, to be honest, the internet wasn't much better and the cell phone service wasn't much better. And it became very clear very quickly that uh, they didn't want me there to sit there all day, order a bagel and two coffees and take up their valuable New York 
real estate. So the power would stop working or they cut the internet or they had rules around when you can use your computer. And just, you know, being in the right place at the right time. One of the guys I worked with was in town with me and we were working on a project in New York. And he said, have you ever heard of co-working? And I had no idea what he meant. And, uh, you know, there was fortunately one of the first few hundred co-working spaces in the world uh, in South Williamsburg, which at the time was called The Change You Want to See, which I thought was a super silly name. But in hindsight, I kind of love it because it, it totally yeah. changed my world. And I went from this kind of grungy cafe to a table full of really talented, interesting people in New York who were in design and technology and politics and media. And I went from being alone to like a room full of cool people and like my tribe. And I just thought it was the coolest thing. Uh, and again, right place, right time. I looked for a similar type of place in Chicago and one didn't exist yet. So my partner and I in one design thought, Hey, you know, we have some extra space because I was living right next door. I was working We had two kind of office units next to each other. And I decided to move out <laughs> and we turned in my old uh, like apartment into the first co-working space in Chicago, uh, which was called the coop. And we really did that in parallel with our agency. And it was just this wonderful experience where I got to meet all these fantastic people who were, had already heard of co-working, but they were looking for a place in Chicago. But just, you know, it was a, it was a really fantastic experience. So that was how I got into co-working was through checking out one of these earlier spaces in New York and being in the right place in the right time and getting to open up the, the, the first one here in Chicago. So when you talk about that, it changed your world, it's like, obviously you had then better Wi-Fi and a decent cell signal and things like that. But what, tell me about that underlying thing, like the deeper thing of co-working. How did it, how did, when you say it changed your world, what, what do you mean by that? Yeah. You know, to me, it was just, I had never heard of this idea before. And the moment I heard about the idea of co-working, it seemed so obvious to me and so intuitive to me. So it changed my world in two ways. One is it made my experience in New York a bunch better because there were people that I knew and it, they weren't my girlfriend or her friends. Um, but the big thing it did was it just, it opened the door for me to open my own space in Chicago and that path here we are almost nine years later. Uh, you know, I'm, it's been my focus and that's what I care about and that's what I'm passionate about. So it really changed the trajectory of, of my focus and what I want to do and how I want to spend my time. And ultimately I think the thing that I got really excited about in coworking is, you know, I'm a designer, like I'm a creative thinker and a problem solver. I'm not a real estate guy. I'm not a finance guy. I'm not an engineer. I'm like a human experience person. And the more that I started to really understand how commercial and office, commercial real estate and office space works, the more I thought, this is really dumb. <laughs> this makes no sense. We have so much space 
and it's used so inefficiently and it's so expensive and there are so many people that could you know take advantage and of this type of space and meet really interesting people and there's all this benefits from from when people share space better and from the moment i really that really resonated with me it became a big focus in how I want to spend my time and the problems that I want to spend my time solving. So that, that's really what I mean by that. Yeah. So then when it was time to move on from the coop, you still wanted to help people use space better, right? So it was, it just looks different with the work you're doing with desk pass, which, which I think is some really next level stuff. And the thing I love the most about desk pass is that it gives people a really easy way to dip their toes in the water and try a bunch of spaces and see if they even like it. Like that the entry point is really easy. They can hop all around to a variety of spaces, which I was just having a conversation yesterday, depending on which space you like if you knew nothing about co-working, depending on which space you walk into, your experience and your concept of co-working would be completely different. Like it's so important to see a bunch of spaces before you find your own. Yeah. Oh man, I have so much to say about this. So like the next chapter of my story basically is we open this physical space and it starts to grow. We we grow from eight desks to about 80. And I start building technology with our team around co-working. So the first thing we do is we think, hey, let's build a directory of these spaces because there wasn't really a co-working directory yet. Uh, now there's a lot. Um, and we did that. And then we thought, man, let's build a tool to help us manage the day-to-day -day operations of running our own space. So the billing and the scheduling and help do you, how do you help facilitate community and communication within a space? So we raised some money and we started building a product called desk time. And through that experience, I learned so much. I got to meet and interview hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of co-working operators all over the world. Uh, and ultimately, what I learned was what I thought was the biggest opportunity in this space was not the software, or the tools, or the furniture, or the sensors, or whatever that you know help operators manage their spaces, but it's the how do you fill up these spaces, and how do you get butts and seats, and how do you make people aware that Co-working is a, a thing, first of all, because I fundamentally believe that most people that you meet in the average American does not know what co-working is, certainly has never tried it, has never even really considered trying it or you know been in a space. And I think there's so much opportunity to uh, bring people into the fold and let them know that these wonderful spaces and communities exist all over the country. So we started building Desk Pass, and that was the idea that, hey, can we pool together? We started in Chicago, all these wonderful spaces. Like I said, when I, when I opened my space, there were less than 300 spaces in the world, and now there's a reported 16,000 plus, right? There were zero in Chicago. Now there's almost 100 in Chicago. So if you opened a space, Eight years ago, if you open a space two years ago, 
three years ago. Four, it is different. Uh, it's a different world, right? And I thought if I can put all of these spaces together in one network and one membership, uh, I could build a really attractive way to bring people into the fold. So in most cities, so we're in eight cities, and in most cities, we're the least expensive option with the most amount of spaces. And what we've gotten really good at is finding people on Facebook or through Google or through a friend uh, that never really considered this and make it so appealing and attractive and, like you said, easy to try and get a feel for and navigate um, that we could bring a lot more people into the fold and get a lot, you know, and help fill up these spaces. So that was really the premise behind Dust Pass. And from the moment we really started focusing on this business, uh, we found uh, it to work really quite well and a lot, a lot better. So in the process, we ended up selling the coop. Um, to next space uh, about almost five years ago now, and we really doubled down on you know how do we build a tool and a solution that helps everybody know that these wonderful spaces exist and make it just so easy to utilize them yeah, with your human first perspective i I can relate to that too. I feel fortunate that my job is to talk to everybody (laughs) because I don't, because I don't have to deal with commercial real estate and all that stuff. It's like, that's not what I want to do. My job is communicating and, and talking and storytelling and, you know, all of that stuff. But um, yeah, it has changed so much just in a few years. And um, the reality is like the workspace industry at large, it's coming. It's like, whether you like it or not, it is like a, a, freight train rolling, you know, there's, there's no stopping this. So I like the, the little pockets we can find human first um, projects and work that also kind of acknowledge that there are a lot of spaces out there and every space isn't a good fit for every person, right? Like, it's really important that you find like, for instance, Absolutely. my dad would like, my dad would like a really different space than what I liked than what my sister would like, you know, like even within my family, everyone would have really different um, preferences around that. So yeah, I, I love uh, what, what you're doing. I say that all the time. I mean, my ideal space might be the worst nightmare for you. And that could just be because <laughs> of our personalities. That be, could be because of our professions. That could be because of where we live. That could be because of where I have to pick up my kid after school, right? Like, my uh, the one of the things I love so much about coworking and I love about desk pass honestly is I can find the right space for right now and if I'm in a creative process and I want to be inspired and I need to be around energy and people and creativity I can find that if I'm in production mode and I need a little quiet corner that's away from my kids and away from my house and my mess and my other people bugging me all day, I can find that too. And I can find it in multiple locations. So when I think about like the future of space and where we work and how we work, I always think that like historically we've said work is what we do and where we go. And before our, you know, this generation, that was one thing. I go to my work to do my work, right? You know, it's 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 the same thing in place. And what this 
you know, what has happened is those two things have been extracted from each other because of all these spaces, because of technology and globalization. Now, you know, what I work on is a different thing than where I work. And those things don't have to be the same anymore. So the idea that I can choose where I work based on what's right for me, it's a pretty new idea and a pretty new concept. And it's confusing and scary and different to people. So it's our job as, as the people who are helping lead the adoption of this type of space to make it really accessible and understandable and easy and comfortable for people. Because I fundamentally believe that that's where the world's heading. Yeah, I do too. And we talk a lot about flexibility within workspaces. You're just kind of taking it grand or you're saying flexibility across all workspaces. Absolutely. I love that. Um, so uh, as things are rolling along, I'd love to hear your vision. You've been part of not just co-working business, but the global co-working community. You you kind of know everybody and you've been around for a long time now. Um, I'm like a grandpa. I'm like, like a co-working to... grandpa. That's how I feel. <laughs> yeah, I can, yeah I'll, I'll give you that. That works. <laughs> Thank you. Um, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. What would, what's your vision for the kind of global co-working community? What would you love to see now that, I mean, there's a big influx of workspace industry stuff, but I feel like the, the heart of co-working is also growing and expanding. Um, yeah. What, what's your perspective on where we are and what you'd like to see from the, the human powered movement? Yeah. So I tend to cite this Jones Lang LaSalle research that says that, you know, they, they loop together co-working and executive business suites and everybody in sort of this new type of work into this bucket called flexible workspace. And, you know, they say we're sub 5%. So out of the overall office market today, there, there's less than 5% of it is the co-working type spaces, but they believe within, you know, 11 years, by 2030, it's going to be 30%. And that means there's going to be six times the amount of space between now and then, right? And if you think about where that space is going to come from, it's going to come from landlords. It's going to come from different types of operators that got then where this movement started. Right. And um, and they have different goals and they still can provide some of the value of flexible space. But there's that human component that I just think is the best part. <laughs> and, you know, I you know, when I think of like I, I, I often think about co-working as it relates to cafes. Right. And there's going to be the Starbucks of the world and Starbucks is fine. Um, but for every Starbucks, there are these independent people and cafes that are solving a specific thing for their community, their community centers. Our community needs a gathering place. Our community needs, you know, a cool coffee shop. Um, and f as big as Starbucks and, you know, these big brands get, there's still this proliferation of that long tail of indie guys and girls who are, and, and I, I really see a parallel with the global co-working movement, right? You're going to see entrants from all over the place, from big money and big real estate, and, you know, 
asset owners and stuff like that. Um, but you're going to see more and more people like you and me for the same reasons why like I originally opened up a co-working space was I thought it was awesome and I thought it was needed and I thought it could bring a bunch of cool people together. And I think you're going to see more and more of that. Um, and I, that's my goal and that's what I hope to see. And that's really like why I think desk pass is important is if you look at a map of the United States and you take all the WeWorks and all the Regises, there's about a thousand. But if you look at all the little guys, all the cool ass communities in, you know, neighborhoods and towns and counties and Main Street America, that it's going to be a really long time until, you know, we work or Regis or these big guys get to, you actually collectively have a much bigger network of these types of spaces in cooler locations. So that's what I want to see. I really want to see more and more of the neighborhood locally focused spaces that instead of a one size fits all solution, it's a, this is our neighborhood. This is our community. This is our part of the world's take on this. And this is a wonderful way that you can get connected to it because, you know, at the end of the day, I got into coworking, not, you know, it solved a very pragmatic problem for me around not dropping conference calls and pissing off my clients. But there's lots of other places to do that too. The real value I got from it was people and love, you know, like a human connection, (laughs) right? And I don't want that to go away. I don't think that will go away as long as there continue to be people like you um, who champion the this way of approaching space and uh, supporting the movement. Uh, so you know, I, I don't f- feel really bad about the big guys coming to town. I think it, it, that's inevitable. It's this is just how the way space is going to change. But I really hope to see you know, the continued proliferation of the little guys and the little guys creating better, more unique, wonderful experiences than anyone else can because they can. Yep. I agree wholeheartedly. And I think the coffee shop analogy works really well. I use it a lot because like me personally, I'll walk past five Starbucks to get to an to a local coffee shop with where I can get an amazing dark roast, right? Like it's not even a thing of convenience or whatever. It's like, I know where, what suits me the best and kind of what's aligned with my values and whatever. Um, I feel like coworking absolutely is the same. And some people don't have as many choices as we do. You know, you're in Chicago, I'm in the Bay area where I can hop all over the place. Um, but I, I'd love to see them continue. And I love when someone starts up a space that has like 20, 20 members yeah. or, you know, just some little neighborhood pocket spot that you can go in and get a sense of the community and the town and, and hook right into the local happenings rather than just being like one of 400 people who's milling about in like some a huge space. glass aquarium. Yeah, there's really, I've been in Miami the last three days because we launched here and I've been visiting our spaces and talking to operators. And it's just, there are very few things as cool as a vibrant co-working community. Like, uh, it just tends to be a very welcoming, opening, open community 
with energy and it's just a it, it's such a cool place and way to get plugged in so it's it's always really thrilling to see you know certainly new spaces that are empty and growing and you know just getting started but man you hop into a a, a space that's really doing it right and you get to immediately get connected with the people and the energy and what's going on there and it's just it's it's a very unique special thing yep it is unique and special and part of our job is educating the larger world, all the people, the 95% of the people who don't know what the hell we're talking about when we say co-working, that they might be missing the best part of their life and work. Yeah, um, agreed. Sam, before we jump off, I just want to check in with you. Um, what's next for you personally? What's, you know, you're in your best life plan. Um, what, what are you working on and what should people know about? Yeah, you know, I uh I'm a lucky human that gets to live a, a pretty happy life. Um so and I get to focus on the things that I'm passionate about. So, you know, Dust Pass is really I still think you know, I'm eight years in, but I still think we're at the very beginning and um I'm all in. <laughs> so, you know, my goal is to really kind of to to bring our business and help grow the independent co-working community you know to to that next level so you know i'm gonna i'm gonna continue to fight the good fight and try to build really cool tools and solutions for people who are who are into this stuff and then you know one day take a break buy a farm take a nap i don't know uh but you know i think <laughs> take a nap. <laughs> every day uh you know uh, i get to work on something that I'm super passionate with people that I love that are super passionate. And that's a, that's a pretty good life for me. <laughs> Sam, thank you so much for the chat. And also thanks for all the work that you're doing now and that you've been doing. You're definitely like a, a visionary and character in the movement. Everybody knows Sam. Uh, um, so thank yeah, thanks, thanks for everything. I appreciate you yeah. and what you do and um, look forward to, to riding this, this wave with, with you. Thanks for listening to the Coworking Out Loud podcast. I'd love to hear any ideas you have for future shows. You can reach me through catjohnson.co. If you like what we're doing here, please subscribe to the show and leave a rating through your favorite podcast app. Thanks, and I'll talk to you soon. Mm-hmm.